0: You're listening to the Range Garden Web University streaming and on-demand programming. Jeff Powell in the studio with Matthew Tessner, the big sports fan. And uh, today, today, it's right up my alley. It's
1: it's history. Yes, I love history. Sports history. Sports history. Only thing I love more than the sports present is the sports past. Ah,
0: okay. So...
1: Tells us where we've where we've come from and why things matter and how yeah. they evolved a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think it's always interesting to know that stuff. It really uh, kind of informs and puts the present in context.
1: It does. That's why history is important in any subject. There and for go. a sports fan, if you're really a deep-rooted fan, you've got to know some history. A little bit, anyway. Yeah. But at least in the sports that you follow the most.
0: All right. We're going to take a look at uh, a name everybody knows. may know nothing about the person
1: yeah, Heisman. Heisman. Uh, of course, the trophy for this year was just given out a um, month and a half ago or so. Early December, they give out the Heisman trophy. Everybody knows that name, Heisman. How many people can tell you that the guy it's named after is John William Heisman? Probably not very many. I couldn't. No, and this conversation is kind of precipitated by – I read a biography about him uh, by his, I believe, grand-nephew and a sports writer who collaborated on it went through a lot of sources that were available – uh, at a variety of institutions that Heisman was linked to when he was a college football coach, as well as family family documents and, and things like that to put together the book. And I was just fascinated. Uh, I love biographies. Biographies are my favorite genre of books. I'd rather read a biography or something nonfiction over something fiction any day. I, I definitely have that mentality that uh, what is real, the true story, is better than anything you could create. <laughs> and there's some great creations out there. Gotcha. No, I'm not disparaging sci-fi or any of the things that have been created but I I love a good biography and this one about Heisman was just incredible and I've been a sports fan and a football fan for most of my life but I learned so much that I didn't know Uh, and it it really kind of got me thinking about somewhat the genealogy Of football and some of the big names kind of like family history football has kind of been passed down from generation to generation but it's changed much as our family and the way we live and the way we work the way we play uh, the way we do everything in our lives is different than it was for our parents our grandparents our great-grandparents and the same has been true for football and, you know, I knew that football really kind of got its start out of rugby, a game kind of like rugby, in the mid to late 1800s. Really, I think in the post, post-Civil War decades there in the 1860s, late 1860s, 1870s, 1880s, it kind of started to gain popularity. Um, colleges started having club teams, uh, and that's about the time that Heisman got involved in the sport. Uh, and, you know, that was still decades before the there was a trophy, not only that had his name, but also that recognized college football's greatest player. Uh, I believe it was the late 1880s when the first All-America team was uh, put together. And the interesting thing to me back in Heisman's early days, uh, college football was so much of a northeastern sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, And now I think the complete opposite. I think the best college football teams a lot of times are found in the south, in the midwest, and on the west coast. Northeast, I don't necessarily think about college football powers that much. But in the early days, it was schools like the Ivy League schools, Harvard, Yale, uh, Princeton, Penn. Those were some of the big schools. And then it kind of slowly moved out toward Ohio, Indiana, uh, Michigan, and and, in those areas, Chicago, out in Illinois. Um, And so it was a very different location for where, where it was present. But um, John William Heisman, or just Heisman we can call him from now on since we've kind of got everybody up to speed, uh, really got into the game and it kind of became his obsession. Um, it's interesting learning about him in the book. He did so many other things. He was an actor. He he was a stage actor uh, who was pretty well known for some of his work in different productions and traveling troops. Um, he was a prolific writer. Uh, he was a journalist. He supplied all kinds of information, particularly about sports, but also on some other topics to newspapers. Uh, and then once football got a little more established, he was uh, kind of a historian of the early days, and he was a big correspondent between some of the other big names, coaches, players, for trying to preserve some of that early history. And so he's just a fascinating figure. Um, but if you go back, uh, his father was a German immigrant uh, who came came over to America, uh, and they were kind of around the industries that surrounded the oil boon in the um, western Pennsylvania area mm-hmm. in in the 1800s and it's interesting this this biography uh, really chronicles pieces of American history that go alongside the times of bringing you up to speed on who Heisman was and who what his family life was like where he came from uh, and so in mentioning that that excitement over oil you get to learn about other figures in american history and there's particularly one that just was eye-opening for me john wilkes booth i had no idea uh, but according to this biography i had and i would love to know more about this apparently he was involved in some ways with the oil industry and he targeted his own ventures and when one of his wells went dry i That seemed to kind of really throw him aside, and he went nuts. And I think it it said it was not long after that, then, of course, John Wilkes Booth is known for shooting President Lincoln Mm -hmm. uh, in Ford Theater in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. And so it kind of – it didn't try to um, fictionize history, but, of course, it posed the question there in the book uh, in kind of going through this and relating it to Heisman. I, if he had been successful in oil, would American history have turned out differently? Interesting, um, and you know, so those are some of the kinds of American history questions that coincide with um, or American history lessons that kind of coincide with learning about Heisman at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So it's just highly fascinating, and it you know, as a book does or as a biography does, it takes you on all these detours. You don't go down too many rabbit holes before you're back to football and what Heisman was actually uh, known for and and why we have the trophy for him, but. He was an incredibly successful coach. Um, One thing I did know about him already going into the book was uh, he coached the biggest college football victory in terms of score ever, a 222 to nothing win by Georgia Tech over Cumberland College in 1916.
0: Wow. And
1: um, that is still the the largest margin of victory. I would have a hard time believing we would ever see. I I don't
0: expect to ever see that broken.
1: I don't think so. I don't think we're ever going to see that broken. Um, And then the next year, year 1917 while at Georgia Tech Heisman as a coach won his only national championship he didn't pile up a lot of national championships uh, but I think he's generally regarded as uh, the innovator in college football not necessarily the trophy's not necessarily named after him because he was just winning every championship every year uh, but he was definitely one of those figures who drove the game forward Along with guys like Amos Alonzo Stagg, who was a coach at Chicago, Pop Warner, mm-hmm. whose name has now become so familiar with a kind of youth football yeah. uh, for a certain age of kids. Uh, but Pop Warner was a coach at several schools and I believe actually was one of the first um, coaches out at Stanford in, in getting that program off the ground. Because, again, football kind of started in the Northeast in college and, and moved out west. Uh, So places like Stanford, Oregon, that that we know football of today, were not necessarily playing it in the early days. But you had those guys, and then you had Heisman. And um, you know a couple of things that that were interesting about Heisman, uh, and we were just talking about it. Uh, He was responsible for the hike that -hmm. you hear. When you hear the signal hike, which has been modified in so many ways uh, as football has progressed. Um, But he was also uh, kind of the father of what I would termed the upward snap. Uh, before him, of course, football growing out of rugby, uh, the center would bat the ball backward toward the quarterback. Well, apparently Heisman had a quarterback who was particularly tall, and it was a little bit of trouble and too time-consuming for that quarterback to bend all the way down and pick the ball off the ground. So Heisman had him had his center kind of hike the ball upward and back and so that kind of is and almost what I would say today is called the shotgun motion when but it was still kind of that sideways turn Mm -hmm. toss it back instead of throwing it between the legs Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the the precursor to doing that and so it's just interesting thinking about how all those things were different seeing that kind of evolution from rugby to football and that it was so much different than it was today I would love to see game film of a football game from like the 1870s that would be yeah. so much different Wouldn't than it today.
0: would it'd be so cool to see that oh, if, it'd be amazing. if it existed?
1: Yes. And and scores were different. There was a time, I believe, when touchdowns were two points, then there were four points, then they eventually became six points. We've got the extra point. So scores looked different back then. You could see maybe a four to two football score. Right. Now you could get that with safeties, yeah, but not sure. it's not likely you're going to see three be, safeties. Right? And it'd be so weird. And, and people would think it would be a baseball score, a baseball score? misprint of some kind. Um, but he also, speaking of scores, Heisman introduced the scoreboard to show show what down is it what mm-hmm. quarter is it he also suggested that the game be divided into quarters to help with uh rest mm-hmm. for players and so they're not just playing the game all through one single game sure the game was much faster than it is today I, without I, that and tv timeouts yeah, and all those things i
0: understand that at that point in time the the players play both offense and defense
1: they did and you still see that at the high school level um at some particularly small small high schools schools. yeah where that where maybe the the numbers for football are not that large uh and you'll you know or you have outstanding players who are really good on defense and really good on offense you still see that a little bit that's pretty much the only level i would say that you still see that and once you get past high school up to college and pro you just don't see that kind of Mm. thing but yeah there were a lot of two-way players um and and Back then the terms were a little different too. There were um, halfbacks, there were quarterbacks, but you generally referred to linemen on offense and defense as tackles or ends um, or, or guards maybe. It wasn't necessarily, okay, he's your left tackle uh, or your right offensive guard or your defensive end. It was a little bit different because you had those two-way players mm-hmm, and the terminology mm-hmm. wasn't as evolved yet. Yeah. Positions weren't necessarily as specialized. Uh, guys did more than one thing. Um, so that's that's particularly interesting. Um, so among all those innovations, Heisman was it, It's just so interesting. I, actually, the first thing uh, back before I even read this book um, that I, I did really even realize with Clemson winning the college football national championship this year Heisman was a coach at Clemson at one time only for about three or four years Um, Heisman coached at eight to ten schools he was a good many places but he coached at Auburn he coached at Clemson uh, he coached at Georgia Tech uh, he coached at his alma mater Penn which was another one of those you know northeast early day schools and then there were a handful of other smaller colleges that are involved in other things today Um, and so you know, just just really interesting seeing where his roots go to some of these big programs that we hear about every year. And no doubt he laid some groundwork for the success of those programs later. Um, one of the other most interesting things, uh, linking to kind of the history of the game and, and what might have been different for American history, as we talked about with John Wilkes Booth and Abraham Lincoln, uh, there was a, a death of a player after a game in the state of Georgia at one point. I think this was either late 1800s early 1900s, somewhere around the turn of the century there. And there was a little bit of a movement after that that people wanted to outlaw football. And uh, there was a movement in uh, Georgia – government, state government, uh, that they wanted to no more football, no more football in the state of Georgia. And after that death, a- at the time, uh, there were a lot of programs that were starting to kind of disband. And they were, schools were saying, you know, it's still kind of at this time a, a club team slash intercollegiate sport. It's not uh, necessarily full on uh, like we would know it today. Um, and so schools were kind of saying, we're not going to play football anymore. And there was a huge movement until that player's mother contacted the Georgia governor, uh, after it had gone through the legislature to, to outlaw football. Uh, and it was there at the governor's office for consideration. And she said, my boy loved the sport. He loved athletics in general. Uh, I would not want, he would not, and I do not want, uh, this to end, Uh, the way it is and that he would, he would rather the game continue on. And so I think that that desire was heated uh, and we still have football today. Um, But, 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 that or any number of times in, in football history, or anything that we watch, whether it's sports or entertainment, you know, when it's something new uh, and there's a little bit of dangerous involved, uh, whether that's to the mind or to the body, uh, how many times could could people say no, I don't like that, and mm-hmm. that could have just shut it off right there. Yeah. And yeah. whatever that topic is, football in this case, as we know it, could have ceased to exist or mm-hmm. ceased to advance in the way that it did. And of course, today we're we're like Heisman as a culture. We're so obsessed with football. Um, you know, people watch it now as, as we've talked about on this podcast Every day of the week in some cases It used to be high school football Growing up for me, even in the 80s and 90s High school football Friday night College football Saturday Pro football on Sunday And then maybe a Monday night football game mm-hmm. But you had kind of that Tuesday, uh, Wednesday Thursday, where there wasn't really any football going on. And Monday, if you just had had maybe one Monday night pro game. Now there's Thursday night football in the pros. You see colleges scheduling games throughout the week to either maximize TV opportunities on a on an off night, uh, and on a prime time, and on a, on a good big network. Um, and you see other games moving around. Uh, and you'll see a pro game from time to time on a different night of the week. So uh, we're watching it all the time. And it would be very interesting to me to know what Heisman thinks of the game today. Mm-hmm. Are there I would love to to pick his brain about these things that you were an innovator in. Looking back now, reflect on them are you glad you did that? Has it continued to progress? Uh, it, knowing what has happened now with football, would you go back and change any of those things to hope that as time moved on, things had happened differently? I just love sports history. And Heisman was one of the most interesting characters that I've, I've read about. And he's not the only one, of course, uh, who who is uh, known as an innovator in in football in general. Um, but but of course, with the Heisman Trophy being tied to his name. Yeah, it, it keeps um, that name out there. And yeah, uh, anybody that be.
0: follows, college football knows if they know anything else about actual heisman they they know that
1: name yeah and and i I would dare say that in american uh, sports uh, at any level heisman is probably the most well-known named trophy that we have there are others that are certainly named after very brilliant or successful athletes coaches but
0: i don't know anything about stanley but he's got a cup.
1: Lord Stanley has a cup. Um, I I feel like that one uh, we can share somehow with Canada, maybe. Um, you know, so there there are other ties with other sports. Of course, I'm sure there are things in soccer that that are you know. Very, very historic and popular, mm-hmm. but I think from from purely American sports, you know, I was a big basketball fan, always have been. I don't know that there is a trophy or award in basketball that carries that same name recognition. Right. It's it's a brand. It's right. become a brand very much. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's something that we think about, we hear every year, and we hear about former Heisman Trophy winner this and that, uh, you know, when one passes away or uh, one does something else extraordinary at the pro level. And so his name will always look live on and I think that's that's incredible that he's he's the guy who got attached to that of course he that happened because he became involved in kind of that New York sports scene after he finished coaching and became involved with the organizations that uh, eventually became the presenter of that trophy Uh, and so he had some involvement there it wasn't just a picking out of the dark choice Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to pick Heisman over these others he was influential there too and uh, again being that correspondent to try to to honor the greatness in football uh, individually and team-wise. And so that helped him get to that point to get get his name attached to that. So just a fascinating topic for me, uh, and I'm glad I got to muse about it a little bit today. I guess uh, with the football, we can tie that a little bit to the present. There are a couple of big games coming up that I, I feel like I'd be remiss to even mention uh, with the Final Four in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't call it the Final Four, but I think it's it's more succinct than saying conference championship yeah. games. Oh, it's <laughs> the Final Four. It yes. is the Final Four. It's the last four. Uh, and, and thinking about it, historically, that's the, the, the way often that I like to approach a matchup. Yeah, it's interesting to know what's happening this year. Um, it's interesting to know what a player particularly is doing at the time. But if you look back at the two matchups we have this weekend, there's some interesting historical things that I'm going to be watching and thinking about this weekend. First of all, in the AFC, Patriots and Steelers. In the last 15 years, this will be, I think, the third time that we've seen that matchup in the Brady era. And um, looking at the two teams, uh, they, they met in the AFC Championship in 2002 and 2005. Patriots won both times both in Pittsburgh uh, and both uh, on their way to further success. Um, But the Brady-Belichick connection, of course, has won four Super Bowls for the Patriots during this era. And Roethlisberger, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback for the Steelers, has two Super Bowls of his own. Uh, And then there are three Super Bowls collectively between those two teams that that they've lost. And so Steelers-Patriots have been just as relevant as anybody else in the AFC here in the last decade and a half so it's going to be interesting seeing that matchup again uh, this time in New England who who takes that and who takes a little more prestige for the franchise out of that because if the Patriots win of course Tom Brady has a chance to go to the Super Bowl be the winningest Super Bowl quarterback of all time he, he'd be shooting for his fifth Meanwhile, if you look at the other side, if Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers win and go to the Super Bowl and they're able to win the Super Bowl, that would be his third. And so he's in some pretty nice company there oh, yes. as well.
0: they both had great success. Yeah, they
1: have. And so then on the other side in the NFC, you've got Falcons and Packers. And there, it's so different. The Packers uh, formed in 1919 and began playing in 1921. I believe they're the oldest NFL so, franchise not to move, uh, located in their original location, wow. uh, and of course they've got uh, four, I believe, Super Bowls themselves. Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two with Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi. There's another trophy. Oh yes, I just talked myself into go. that there one. Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yes, um, that awarded to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl winner. I don't know that a lot of people actually use the terminology that much
0: anymore, but maybe
1: maybe I, they do. Maybe yeah, they do. I think the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, maybe only in very pure football circles. It's I think at this. Just, Super Bowl point. trophy. Yeah, yeah, whereas Heisman, I think, you know, who won the Heisman? Right. You know, that kind of thing. I don't even know that we need to say trophy at this point for Heisman. Right. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, those those two early ones with Vince Lombardi and then Brett Favre, uh, very recognizable Packers quarterback name from the 1990s. He won one. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, who's the current Packers quarterback, won one back in 2011. If you look at the Falcons on the other side, uh, Matt Ryan, the only quarterback amongst the four uh, starting this weekend who has not won a Super Bowl or been to a Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, the Falcons. Falcons, who started playing in the 60s, have only been to one Super Bowl in 1998. I believe they beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship game to get there, and then they lost to John Elway and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. So a lot of Super Bowl history with the Packers, a lot of success. Falcons have had some success, but not a lot of taste of of the Super Bowl. And so uh, in the AFC, the the thing to watch is you've kind of got these two probably Hall of Fame quarterbacks going against each other. Uh, And then the NFC, you've got a franchise that is known for its football success success uh and kind of revered for the way that they do their their football uh and then you got the falcons who are a very popular franchise here in the south um, but not a lot of history there necessarily so it'll be an interesting weekend of matchups and again i i have to to kind of bring us back around i'd love to know what heisman thinks of the nfl and its influence in american culture today i don't even know that he could have foreseen where the game was going
0: i sincerely doubt it yes who could have imagined? This is the Big Sports Fan. Matthew Tessanier is the Big Sports Fan. If you've got any comments or questions, give us uh, give us a, just send us an email. I-N-F-O at wgwg.org.